Where do you think chemists come up with the chemical structures of the drugs that they create? They base it off of the chemical structures of plants. Essential oils are literally pure medicine. You're holding in your hands five pounds of lavender flowers. They will produce a predictable physiological response when you use them. Lavender should calm you. Peppermint should excite you. Ylang Lang will do what your body needs. There's something to be said about the power of smell literally imprinting your brain. You need to know your health, your goals, your mission, your purpose. You have the power in your hands. Welcome to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast, where we meet the world's top experts to explore the secrets of health, mindset, longevity, and so much more. Are you ready to take charge of your existence and biohack your life? This show is for you. Please keep in mind, we're not dispensing medical advice and are not responsible for any outcomes you may experience from implementing the tactics lying herein. Welcome back to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. Today's episode with Dr. Z is truly a beautiful conversation. I've been so grateful for Dr. Z's work ever since I read his book, The Healing Power of Essential Oils, and talking to him in person was just a beautiful moment. Not only is he sharing the science and the wonder and the healing power of oils, but he comes from such an authentic place of love, beauty, hope, encouragement that I knew when I had an episode on essential oils, he had to be the guy for it. (laughs) So I'm so happy to bring you today's episode. I am a Himalaya partnered show. And if you follow the Melanie Avalon biohacking podcast in the Himalaya app, you'll get early access to the podcast 24 hours in advance. So definitely check that out. Also, please join me in my Facebook community. That is Paleo OMAD Biohackers, Intermittent Fasting plus Real Foods plus Life. And I'd actually really like to hear people's experiences with essential oils. So hop on over there and let's talk about it. All right. So without further ado, please enjoy this wonderful conversation with Dr. Z. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the show. I am filled with so much joy and gratitude to be here today with, and I only have to say it once, Dr. Zelinsky, also known as Dr. Z. Okay, I got it out. Um, Yay, you did great. You did great. Thank you. Thank you. He is the fantastic author of the national bestseller, The Healing Power of Essential Oils. And guys, listeners, friends, I've had so many requests to do an episode on essential oils. And there's a lot of information out there about essential oils. There's just so much, which is why an episode was really needed. But personally for me, the work that really brought me to the healing power, well, now I'm saying the title, to the healing power of essential oils was Dr. Z's book on the subject. It's a fantastic overview. It's got the science. It's got everything you could want to know. And it comes from a beautiful, spiritual, biblical perspective that resonated with me on so many levels. I like start crying right now. Um, it, I actually cried while reading it. It's a beautiful work. It's so inspiring and I learned so much from it. And so I am just thrilled to be here today with you, Dr. Z. Thank you for being here. I am honored. I really am. I'm honored. I I feel chosen. You know, I feel very much blessed. You know, the Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. I feel chosen for this work and to be non-branded, to not represent a company, you know, to be vulnerable to people like that's hard, you know, to go out there and, and be like, I'm going to educate about essential oils, but I'm not going to sell them is hard because how are you going to provide for your family? And so when I took that leap of faith and to come here now, you know, two and a half, three years later 
and have over 100,000 people buy this book and have it be published in eight languages around the world. And to be on your podcast, it's just, you know, sometimes you got to take that step of faith. I'm grateful, Melanie, for you. And thank you. I mean, really, just, just, and my heart and soul went into the book. And, and I heard so many people tell me how they were touched. They felt like touched by God because this isn't just more than using like a drop of orange to help you feel better. It's a lifestyle approach. And so many people are hurting. And that's really what I'm hoping people get out of this book is feeling what I went through. And we'll talk, I'm sure, about it a little bit, but having suffered so long and having recovered. My heart, my life's mission is to help people not go through that and to have that go through the pages of the book and have people be touched by that is, is humbling beyond anything I can even express. I love hearing that so much. And I'm actually personally so grateful that when I did decide to start researching essential oils, that it was through your book. I'm glad you brought this up. It wasn't through, you know, a brand or a lot of the other avenues that essential oils often appear commercially today. It was your book and the perspective, like I said, and we can talk about this more, was just, I mean, I had so many epiphanies and learned so much. I remember the first time I read it, I was texting my mother all the time. I was like, he just said all this. I was saying how much she should read it as well because she suffers with a lot of autoimmune conditions and things like that. And I was like, mom, this book is just so beautiful and there's so much inspiration. And I really feel like the healing power in it. It's got the science of the oils, but it's also got this healing modality that I think goes even beyond that. So I'm so excited to jump into all of it. So you did hint at it briefly just now, but would you like to start things off, tell listeners a little bit about that personal journey that you experienced with your health and what did bring you to the world of essential oils? It really all started with, I was never really well. I try to be careful when I say this because I definitely, my heart goes out to children who are sick with lupus and other diseases and cancer and things where they're at the Ronald McDonald's house and, and Make-A-Wish Foundation. My heart goes out to these children and we're here to support them. And so when I say I was a sick kid, it, it never got to that place. I was never really well. And people can relate to this. It's called chronic disease. And there's a variety of different chronic diseases, but I was chronically unwell. And as a kid, I can remember in and out of the doctor's offices, sore throats, earaches. And of course, what you did in the early 80s is you elect to get your adenoids and tonsils taken out, you know, a vital part of your lymphatic system. Hey, let's just take it out, right? Bad mistake. And next thing you know, course after course of antibiotics really start to develop significant gut issues. I just remember being a young kid through being a young adult, just keeled over with gut pain, indigestion, gas, bloating. And next thing you know, I started to develop cystic acne. And what do you do again? Back in the early 90s, you get on Accutane, now known as the suicide drug. Well, a couple of years later, I started developing significant depression and suicidal thoughts. And I was a wreck. Like, I'll never forget, keeled over in pain, joint pain, back pain. I went to a neurologist who took an MRI of my back and he said, what did you do to yourself? You have a spine of a 50-year-old. And I was like 20 at the time. And so I can't pinpoint it to anything other than living the standard American diet. You know, I wasn't breastfed, formula fed, craft singles, white Wonder Bread kid from the 80s. And it just, you know being normal, I guess you could say in America. And I just wasn't good. <laughs> I just wasn't doing good at all. And you know, what really got me 
was this depression and anxiety. And then it developed into suicide ideation. And and I started self-medicating with narcotics and drugs and alcohol, smoking a pack of cigarettes plus a day. And I just got to this point where I was just miserable. I hit my proverbial rock bottom in March of 2003. So just about 17 years from now, at the time that we're recording this, I had my revelation. I was knocked off my proverbial horse and I met Christ and I became a Christian. And that was such an influential change in my life because for the first time I had hope that things could be better. For the first time, I started seeing the need for change and kind of how things work out, how they do. The man who mentored me was very healthy, very much into organic living and organic. You know, this was 17 years ago. It was when Whole Foods really was starting to explode and, you know, being healthy was, you're still kind of like a hippie, you know, like it wasn't a big thing. Like now everyone's talking gluten-free and everyone knows about all the latest fad diets. Everyone using essential oils. Essential oils weren't really well known back then. And so I started my spiritual journey realizing I got to take care of myself. And so one by one by one by one, these things that were aching me and plaguing me started to go away and disappear. And within like a year, I was like completely healed of everything, gone. Gut issues, pain issues, anxiety, panic, stress, everything. And my heart really was just overwhelmed with this passion to help others. And so fast forward to where I'm at today, I'm blessed to be able to do this for a living. I teach, I educate, we do classes. I'm on documentaries all over the world and interviews like this and TV and radio. And I'm blessed. I'm blessed to have a thriving website. And my wife and I can do the things that we were doing essentially for free because this has been our ministry for all these years. Yeah, that was one of the things I loved in the book was when you talked about your personal history. And one of the things you said that, I thought was really beautiful was you said, on the one hand, it was so inspiring how you were completely healed from everything, but you did note that it didn't happen, you know, overnight, you weren't healed of everything all at once, that it was, you know, a journey and a process and you were completely healed, but how you were so grateful for it being a journey and what you learned from that. That's really beautiful because I think people can often think they're going to find this one thing and then, you know, the next day they're going to be completely healed, which could I mean, it happens, spontaneous healing and super grateful for that. But I think it's motivating to know that it is a journey and complete healing is possible, but it might still be a journey. You know, one of my favorite professors when I was um, in chiropractic college, Dr. Goldberg, I'll give him a shameless plug because he said something that I'll never forget. He goes, the best doctor is the one who knows what it's like to be sick. And he goes, if, if you don't have a story, if you can't truly empathize with a patient, he goes, all this head knowledge is only going to go so far. That really was the, the epitome and the motivation behind that statement in my book, because if I was given everything like on a silver platter, I wouldn't have appreciated the journey. I wouldn't, and I wouldn't be here today at all. I would have taken it for granted, but knowing what it was like to suffer and suffer through and hit my head against the wall. And, and when I met my wife, it was like this beautiful marriage of literally marriage. We married our individual stories together and she has a similar story. It was like we were living on parallel paths, hundreds of miles away from each other. And when we met, it was like, wow, wow, right? And we combined forces. And I can't tell you how many times my wife created, you know, a gluten-free extravaganza in the oven that turned out to be like a hockey puck. Like there's a lot of failure in what you do. And for me, kind of going back to what you asked earlier about oils, like oils weren't part of my healing story. You see, that was very interesting. Again, oils were not common around where I lived, again, 17 years ago. 
So what happened to me, I really focused on exercise, prayer, meditation, nutrition. I focused on some supplementation and just clean living, good water, good air. And it wasn't until I met my wife that I was really introduced to essential oils. And, you know, like I mentioned in the book, I kind of marginalized them as smelly stuff because, you know, she's beautiful and she always smelled good and she had her little routine every time she got out of the shower. And I was like, oh, it's just what my wife does. Well, it wasn't until at the time I was a public health researcher and a medical writer, one of my clients commissioned me to write a series of public health reports on essential oils. And I was like, okay, well, it's my job. Now I have to read. I read hundreds of clinical trials. And time after time after time, kind of like you're going through my book, you said you had a revelation. I would have revelation after revelation of reading these articles. I'm like, what in the world are these things? And I'll go to my wife and you know how women and men can be sometimes with their spouses. And she gave me that, like I told you so, look, I'm like, why didn't you tell me about this stuff? She goes, I did. And I'm like, why didn't I listen? Right. And so for me, I found that essential oils were the missing link in my life. They were the missing link that was in my medicine cabinet because up until then, I didn't know what to do for those things like infection or, you know, whatever, athlete's foot or a headache or I just grinned and bear it. I didn't have like the remedy and I dabbled in homeopathy. I dabbled in herbalism, but I didn't have anything that had a true medicinal punch until I met essential oils. I'm like, oh, so this is what I need to fill my medicine cabinet with. And that's how it started. And then as research developed and as my, you know, my career developed and my wife and I started doing some fun things with essential oils, I realized, whoa, this is a whole lifestyle, body care, you know, skin care, cleaning products. It's like, what in the world, right? And so I'll never forget throwing, how liberating it was, how liberating it was throwing away hundreds of dollars worth of Bath and Body Works products because I realized how harmful they were. And I like, let's replace this with essential oils. I remember because I was that guy. I was that guy every January during their semi-annual sale right after Christmas, Bed Bath and Body Works and Victoria's Secret would have their big sale and I would stock up on stuff. I'd had this box in my closet that whenever anniversary, birthday, Mother's Day came, I had a bunch of stuff lined up. Like I went shopping for four or five hours one day and it was good for the rest of the year. And I bought my wife, loved the wallflowers and the smelly stuff. And I loved it too. It smelled good until I realized how harmful it was like cancer causing, you know, linked to autoimmunity, linked to allergies, linked to headaches. And I'm like, Sabrina, we gotta get rid of this stuff. And just again, the liberation, the freedom of realizing, whoa, I was unknowingly poisoning myself and my family, throwing it out and replacing it with something that was life-giving. That was one of the most powerful events at that time in my life. And that's what I've been really trying to devote myself to, to helping people, you know, ditch and switch, ditch the junk and switch it with good stuff. Yes. It feels so good <laughs> when you do go through that cleanup process. I know some people like to do it slowly, you know, slowly replace the things as they run out. But for me, I'm an extremist. So when I decided to make the switch to, you know, cleaner products, it was like throw away all the things <laughs> and it felt so good. And I mean, I've recently been doing a lot of research just on the science and the regulation of commercial products and what can be, you know, contained in these products especially in the US. And it's, I mean, it's shocking. It's shocking. I'll go on the government website and look at the regulations and my jaw just drops at what can be in these products. Well, here's the thing. There is no regulation. Exactly. Exactly. That's why I know. <laughs> right. And there is none. And that's what's horrifying. The FDA literally says that. <laughs> 
Yeah, there's none. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about this too. Like the essential oil and supplement industry is the wild, wild west. Anyone in the world can come out with a product, slap a label and sell it on Amazon. And unless someone dies, no one knows what's in that stuff. So CBD, your supplementation, your essential oils, you have to find a good, reputable company. And it's not sometimes easy. It really isn't. It's like, what do I do? There's a level of trust. You have to trust the company you buy your supplements from. And, and what we've learned is we've learned how to use essential oils as medicine. And so for that especially, I'm going to be very careful where I get my essential oils from because I just can't get it from anywhere. So yeah, you're right. It, it's shocking because the onus is on us. But you know, it's also empowering. You know, because the more I've been empowered in this way, the more we garden, the more we make our own stuff, the more just in general, the more power has come to us where we now know how to take care of ourselves. And in my book, I quote a Medscape article and, and it's not in front of me, but it's pretty powerful where this doctor was stating, you know, like 80% of all the people that come here for their urgent care have no business being here. Like this ankle sprains and the headaches and the coughs and the fevers and things like they all expect antibiotics and none of them should be here. Essentially, the, the message in the tale that I'm trying to share with the world is we got to get back to just getting the basics, like learning how to take care of our family. And then thank God for medicine. I mean, when I had an argument with my car door, eight stitches later, no lavender is going to heal that. I needed like medical attention. But... For all the other things, like I'll never forget my first time our baby girl had a 104 temperature. We took care of it. We took care of the 104 temperature. We didn't rush to the urgent care. We knew what to do. And that's a wonderful feeling. And so when you don't feel helpless, when you feel you have solutions at your fingertips, at least the first step, the first responder approach. And if it doesn't work, well, thank God, you have urgent care, you have the ambulance, you have the hospital if you need it. But that's the shift. And thank God we have medicine. I mean, truly speaking, it's there for emergency. It's there for the things that we need when natural solutions can't help. And that's one thing that we're really trying to help people. And to me, that's a solution to the opioid problem. That's the solution to the chronic disease problem is knowing when to go to medicine and not when we stub our toe, go get some aspirin because that's the easiest path of resistance, essentially. So that's what I love about essential oils. It's the fact that you have something at your disposal that you can readily use immediately and the impact that can have on your body is instant, which is wonderful. And so anyway, there's a lot of things that people can do, but at the end of the day, I believe that all of our lives can be enhanced by just using essential oils in one way or another. And there's so many things we can talk about. Yeah, I'm super excited to get into the actual nitty gritty of it all. So oils... <laughs> to start things. Let's actually start talking about the actual oils. So excited. So one of the things you talk about in the book is the history of oils. And I think people will often think of, for example, you know, gold, frankincense, and myrrh in the Bible and think, okay, that's probably the first time we're hearing about healing essential oils or sacred essential oils. But as you talk about in the book, those actually are not quite what we have today. So would you like to tell listeners a little bit about the history of essential oils and the difference between the therapeutic use of them historically versus now? Oh, it rocked my world. So there is a huge disconnect in my knowledge and understanding of aromatherapy because I was a researcher. My background is in chiropractic as a researcher and just as a natural health guy as a whole. 
there was a huge chasm, a huge, huge gaping hole in my knowledge and understanding. So I went to aromatherapy school. I went to the Atlantic Institute of Aromatherapy. I'll never forget one of the first things that the founder, Scylla, her name is Scylla Shepard Hanger, told us was like, hey, we got to be careful for all these internet myths that are being spread out there by bloggers. And I was like, what are you talking about? And so I really started digging deep into some of these things. And we were taught basic history. And basic history is steam distillation, everyone. This is so important. Steam distillation wasn't invented till the ninth century AD by Arab alchemists. So what does that mean? I mean, essential oils are extracted from plants by being steam distilled. Well, if steam distillation wasn't invented until the ninth century, what in the world were they using before that? Well, they weren't using essential oils as we know them today. And that's important because people out there in the blogosphere are spreading around these myths that, hey, if essential oils were around in Jesus's time and Gandhi's time, like, no way they weren't. They just didn't exist. What they used were salves. They had extracts. And, and you know, we look at in the Bible, the first blend that we see is when God told Moses to make the anointing oil in the book of Exodus. And he's like, okay, you get this big old vat of olive oil and you put some cassia, you put some cinnamon, you put some myrrh and calamus and let that soak for a while. And that was it. Like that was their anointing oil, but it was olive oil, fatty oil based. That's just like the herbal preparations that we see today, but it was very, very highly diluted with essential oils. So it's important because the essential oil that we get today in the bottle is extremely concentrated and our ancestors never, ever had impact with that. And the reason that is important is because we can't use them willy nilly. I mean, they can cause contact dermatitis. They can cause what's known as sensitization, which causes like an allergic reaction. They could burn your skin if you use them improperly. And that's where people have gotten themselves in trouble. And you go online and you see these reports of these babies and these pets and these people getting hurt and burned. Well, it's because they just poured oils on their skin and, and that's not how they need to be used. And I'm convinced that, you know, God didn't design our bodies to use oils undiluted unless it's for like an emergency. And going back to the situations I have, because I have a lot of situations with my kids, you know, when, when I was hiking down a nice steep hill with my son, Isaiah, and I told him, Isaiah, don't run, don't run down this hill. Well, he ran down the hill and being a four-year-old, he tripped and gashed his head with a rock on the trail. Well, I mean, it was a pretty deep gash. I went to the car and we had lavender because I knew that would help with the infection that might ensue or help heal. And I put lavender straight on him and it was fine. But you know what? That kind of thing is like common combat medicine. And that's exactly, most people don't know this, but that's exactly what medics used in World War I, World War II, before the advent of the antibiotic, were thyme, oregano, lavender, tea tree. Like this was combat medicine in the war. And so, yeah, for that kind of situation, it makes sense. But for 99% of the preparations that people use, you got to dilute. So why is it important to know history is because people were like, well, Jesus was given myrrh and frankincense oil and we should just use it how we want. No, 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 no. Essential oils as we know them today are literally pure medicine, concentrated. You get your bottle of lavender, you're holding in your hands like five pounds of lavender flowers. Like that's a lot of lavender flowers, right? And so when you think about how concentrated it is, there needs to be an element of, I don't want to say respect, but we need to recognize you just don't go to the aspirin and take a handful of aspirin because you want to. You read the safety label first to find the dose. And that's all what this boils down to is proper dosage. Hi, friends. Do you want to come hang out with me and Dave Asprey and so many other guests I've had on the show? You simply must come to the 10th annual biohacking conference. 
May 30th through June 1st in Dallas, Texas. And of course, I have a massive discount code for you guys. I went last year to the one in Orlando and it was one of the most fun times of my entire life. I met and got to hang out with so many guests that I've had on the show. I met so many of you guys. And of course, there's lots of Danger Coffee and Dave Asprey approved meals and dry farm wines. And that's just the social aspect. The conference itself is mind-blowing. They have this incredible expo where they have all the biohacking supplements, all the biohacking things. You can learn about them, try samples, meet the creators and founders. If you haven't tried a lot of biohacking things, it's a great chance to actually try them out in person. Things like brain tap, infrared sauna, hyperbaric oxygen chambers, and so much more. There are so many incredible speakers as well. You can hear talks from people I've had on the show like Paul Saladino, Dr. Daniel Amen, Dr. Sarah Gottfried, Dr. Mercola, Dr. Annika Becca, and that is just a few of them. I seriously had the time of my life last year, and I would love to hang out with you guys. And you can get 35% off tickets. Just go to melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference and use the coupon code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. That's melanieavalon.com slash biohackingconference with the code BCMelanie to get 35% off your tickets. This code can be used for general admission or for VIP access. Seating is limited. They do sell out. They sold out last year. So get your ticket now. And if you come, definitely let me know because I want to meet you. So hopefully see you guys in Dallas. MelanieAvalon.com slash biohacking conference with coupon code BCMelanie. Get your tickets now. I'll see you guys there. Hi friends. One of the most valuable things that I do every single night of my life is my infrared sauna session. The brand that I use is Sunlighten. I did a lot of research on infrared saunas before deciding on them. Their saunas are so high quality, they're low EMF, and what I really love is they have a solo unit, that's what I have, and it's really great if you live in a small apartment, might be moving, it's just really an amazing investment, and they have incredible deals and offers on it right now. You can actually get up to $200 off with the code MelanieAvalon, or if you're talking to a rep, just tell them that I sent you, and like I said, that will be up to $200 off, and that will also get you you $99 shipping. Normally the shipping is like $600. So that's a really, really big deal. And if you do purchase a sauna, forward your proof of purchase to podcast at melanieavalon.com. And I will also send you a signed copy of my book, What, When, Why. If you'd like to learn more about the science of sauna, two resources. I interviewed the founder of Sunlighten, Connie Zach. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And then I also recently did an epic blog post all about the science of sauna We'll also put that in the show notes. All right, now back to the show. Yeah, I think that paints such a more nuanced picture of essential oils because I think people often dismiss essential oils because they can just seem very casual or, you know, okay, lavender, what can that really do? But I mean, having you talk about it that way, it's really the concentrated medicinal properties of a plant concentrated. It is conventional medicine in a way in that it's, you know, taking these mechanisms and making them very potent and very powerful. I mean, we know the power of plants. We accept that so easily in supplemental form, you know, for foods. So people will, you know, accept, you know, taking resveratrol as a concentrated form of the health benefits of red wine or quercetin, you know, from fruits. So I think in a way, the same mentality could be applied to essential oils. I mean, that's 
fascinating that you said how many pounds of lavender might be <laughs> four pounds, five pounds of lavender. Yeah. And it takes roughly 40, four zero lemons, lemon rinds to extract to get a bottle of lemon. Wow. Yeah. Just when you think of it in those terms, I'm glad you mentioned how you got to look at it like medicine. Like where do you think, I love this by the way, this is kind of fun where I, where I geek out on this kind of stuff. Where do you think chemists and pharmacists come up with the chemical structures of the drugs that they create? It's not like they're creating them in a vacuum. It's not like someone wakes up and be like, oh, I'm going to put this isomer over here and that over there and we're going to create something. No, they base it off of the chemical structures of plants. Perfect example is aspirin and willow. I mean, aspirin. And salicylates. Yeah, aspirin is made. It's a chemical version of willow bark. Well, why wouldn't we just extract willow bark, steam distill it, and create an essential oil out of it, right? And that's why wintergreen, which has methyl salicylate, which is similar to that, it has a similar analgesic property. And so you go time and time again, like all essential oils are antimicrobial. They all have different variety of strengths of fighting bacteria, viruses. Like there are essential oil blends that have been researched that literally kill the flu virus. I mean, this ain't hocus pocus. And the thing is, our ancestors have used herbal medicine since the beginning of time. That's without question. They've been burning leaves and roots forever for incense purposes and things like that. But they never had the true potency that we have today. So I love it. It's like we take ancient medicine with modern day medicine, our knowledge of it, and really essential oils are kind of, you know, to me, I see them bridging the gap. And I love that. I really do. I love the fact that we have that ability at our fingertips and knowing that if we do want a true therapeutic medicinal response on our body, we don't have to go to a pharmaceutical. Because here's the bottom line with all of this. There is no drug on the market that is without side effects. And that's worth repeating because next time you watch TV and you see that drug commercial, especially if you're from America, like this isn't allowed, by the way, in other countries, but American legislator allows pharmaceutical industries to advertise on TV a drug, which is illegal in most countries. And then you just have to list the side effects. But, you know, look at the commercial. Someone's in euphoria. They're walking on the park with their kids. And next thing you know, you're hearing in the background all the litany of side effects. Like you don't recognize what's being happened because the audiovisual cues are completely opposite. There is no drug that is completely safe for you. Now, I'll tell you, if you use essential oils the right way, and they're simple to use, by the way, there are no side effects. Zip, zero, none. The only risk is like anything in the world, someone might be allergic to it. Well, then you just cease use and you just need to know whether or not you're allergic to something. We kind of cover that in the book and we can cover that too also. But to have something at your disposal that you could use, it has a medicinal approach equal to it on par with a drug. That's what the important thing is. The physiological response is equal to a drug in many cases, but without the side effects. That is power. That is, it's incredible. It makes you wonder how different our country might look today if things had gone differently with the route of medicine, if it had taken, you know, the route of the healing power of plants rather than pharmaceuticals, because yeah, that's just, it's insane. You know when it started? We know a date. It started in the mid forties with the antibiotic. We are in the situation we are in because as a culture, people didn't want to use essential oils and herbs and things. They're messy. They're a little bit of work. And it's not a pill solution that has a long shelf life that's just popping in your mouth. I'm telling you, when that happened, it changed. When the medical and the pharmaceutical industry came in the mid-40s and said, hey, we got your solution to infection now. And we got this drug. And it takes care of everything. 
It's simple. Boom. That's when, like I mentioned, World War I, World War II combat medicine changed immediately overnight. And like, of course, who wouldn't want to take a white shiny pill versus have a kit full of lavender and tea tree and other things? And that started where we're at. And then to that point, because the pharmaceutical industry is based on pharmaceuticals and not on essential oils, the you know scientific studies funded by the industry do tend to analyze you know, conventional medicine rather than oils. So is there scientific data to support the therapeutic uses of oils? I mean, it's a tragedy on one hand because I feel like there's so much less, you know, energy invested towards it because there's not the the financial incentive. But what have the studies shown? Is there, quote, scientific support in the literature for their therapeutic benefits? Oh, yeah. I mean, in my book alone, I quote 350 whatever articles. It's it's overwhelming once you really start diving. There's thousands and thousands. And the wonderful thing is, in the last five to 10 years specifically, there's been a usurgence. There's just been an explosion of research because, and thankfully, multi-level marketing companies. And there's been an awareness. So, kind of go back to what I first said about me being not branded, not associated with a company. Hey, bless your heart. If you're a distributor, if you're a network marketer, if you sell from one of the big companies, good for you. I mean, we need you on the front lines creating awareness. And because of the millions of people that sell essential oils at a network marketing level, there has been a grassroots movement that have literally caused university institutions and independent research institutions around the globe to start evaluating the claims that these people are making. And because of that, we have studies after studies. And I'm currently writing the manuscript for our third book that's going to be all about chronic disease. And I'm like, I can't get over how much research has been published just in the last two years since my, my last book published. It's like, it's unbelievable. So that's really what started. Like, I was never supposed to be the essential oils guy, you know? Like, I never thought this was how God was going to use my passion to help bring healing to people. But I got to say... You know, when you start talking about total lifestyle change, exercise and diet and mind body, it, it gets overwhelming. But, you know, anyone can put a drop of lavender in a diffuser to help them sleep better. And I realized that like a lot of people say that, you know, cigarettes are like the gateway drug to harder things or whatever it might be. Essential oils are a great gateway to natural living. It's easy. The barrier is nil. They're cost effective. Anyone can do it. You get instant reaction, instant results. And so I started seeing just this wisdom in sharing this message, but it's all evidence-based. And as a public health researcher, that's my commitment is to really debunk the wild claims out there and try to make sense of it according to the science. I'm glad you clarified that some more. So there is science there. I feel like when it filters down into the media, it's either not completely capitalized on or not showcased or, you know, almost the reverse is true. For some reason, I have this memory from when I was really young. I don't know why it stuck with me so long, but it was on CNN or something. And they were doing an interview. They were like, what was it for? It was something like, oh, echinacea golden seal, not essential oil, but, you know, a natural plant thing. I remember I'd, I would always take that when I was sick because like my grandmother told me to. And I just remember seeing CNN. They were like, is echinacea golden seal real? And they were like, no, it doesn't do anything. I don't know. It was obviously more eloquent than that, but <laughs> they're basically... The scandal. <laughs> yeah. I just think it's so interesting how, you know, there's almost this resistance because of the financial incentives, but it is, like you said, it's wonderful that it is becoming more in vogue now. Kind of like you were mentioning at the beginning, like how gluten-free is now in vogue and the Whole Foods movement and everything. So I think there's a lot of potential for where everything's going. So you've touched briefly on 
lavender and a few other oils. So what are some of your top oils? Because I know it's, I think it can be really overwhelming to people because people can be like, yay, I'm going to explore this essential oil world. But then there's so many and it's like paralysis by information overload. So what are your, your top oils? You do mention in the book, your top eight oils, but where should someone start when it comes to oils? You know, a couple things. Thank God for starter kits. You know, most of these companies that sell oils, they usually have like a three or five or 10 little pack, right? I would start something like that. Start something that was in your budget that gives you a little sampler. And then, you know, if, if you were to pick my book up or another book, whatever, you start learning about that oil particularly. And most of them include orange and rosemary and tea tree and lavender and, you know, cinnamon maybe or clove or something. Like there's usually like normal eucalyptus is always there. And I would start with a starter kit if you just want to just kind of start, you know, if you just don't know where to begin, but you want to enhance your life. You know, I have this article on my website about the 101 ways of using essential oils. It's fun. Like everything from clean, you know, Goo Gone. Everyone loves Goo Gone. Like use orange oil. It's cheaper. It's better. It smells. It's non-toxic. Like that's the chemical structure that they got from Goo Gone and citrus based, like that kind of stuff. Or there's are a plethora of ways of using oils, but it's just kind of starting. That's big picture. But what I really try to do is help people tackle those health issues that have been nagging them. And that's, you need to be driven by your pain point. So whatever your literal pain point is, whether it's, it's diabetes or whether it's dementia or brain fog or insomnia, low libido, that's where you would start for that. And so what you would do is you learn a little bit about that. So you go on our website, for example, you go to naturallivingfamily.com and you type up libido and you'll see we feature a handful of oils that have been shown to help boost libido. Well, try those oils, try the blend. Like that's how you approach a healthcare issue in a very safe way if you do it systematically. And so again, there's a big picture. I just want to use essential oils to detox my life and enjoy, you know, healthy things versus I want to use essential oils for a specific condition, a different approach, but ultimately you're using them in the right way. I love that so much. And for listeners, I can recommend that you do get Dr. C's book because it provides a thorough overview of, I mean, everything you could think of that you could tackle with essential oils and the ones to use, the health benefits behind that. So it's just an amazing resource. So I'll definitely put a link to that in the show notes and also to your website. I would love to go into some of the ones that people might be most familiar with and might be gravitating towards if you're open to it. Well, you keep mentioning like lavender, for example, and I think that's one people are very familiar with. So if somebody decided to start using lavender, what might they use it for and what would that look like using it? Yeah, I love lavender. I remember the first non-toxic herbal-based soap I ever used when I started becoming healthy like 17 years ago was lavender and that imprinted my brain. There's something to be said, and I don't want to forget this, there's something to be said about the power of smell literally imprinting your brain that because of neuroplasticity, you could trigger euphoria or you could trigger post-traumatic stress based off of the aroma in the air. And that's the power of smell. And that's something we need to go back a little bit too. And so I have such a fond memory of lavender that every time I use it, it puts a smile on my face. And that's something that I love because it's calming to me. It's something that we also use with our children for bedtime. It's great for massaging. It's super safe for kids and pets. And it's just one of those all around, which is probably why 
it's been so researched over the years. It's one of the most well-researched oils in the literature because it's been so popular and people love it so much. One thing, though, people don't realize is you don't want to be dousing yourself with lavender if you're about to present maybe like a presentation at work or if you're about to take a big exam because it's actually been shown to depress memory function because it's so calming. And so this is funny because they have a two-edged sword, you know, like you want to calm yourself down because you might be stressed, but you know, you don't want to like cause yourself not to remember certain things because you're in that parasympathetic rest and digest mode. And that's fascinating because there are certain things you do when you want to like de-stress. And so, you know, like if I want to get into a point, maybe a place where I want to be, you know, energetic, but I still want to manage stress, I would go for an orange or a citrus oil. I wouldn't go to lavender, right? And so it's funny because we see our brain react in a certain way, depending on what we are inhaling or what we apply on our skin. And there is definitely a cause and an effect approach. And that's something that I think is really important with essential oils is that there are many oils that do a lot of different things, but certain oils can't do certain things, right? Like rosemary, for example, has been shown, proven, because the herb of remembrance, but it's actually been shown, proven to help cognitive function. It's actually been shown to increase blood pressure. So if you're trying to balance blood pressure, maybe lower if you're hypertensive, you don't want to be around rosemary. So there's certain things that you need to know because they will produce a predictable physiological response when you use them. So again, going back to lavender, help you sleep, help you relax. But again, don't use it. I just typically advise people to use it later on in the day instead of early on in the morning because you don't want to be chilled out maybe when you go to work or go take a big exam. Oh my goodness, you touched on so many things that I'm so happy you brought up because yeah, that was one of the things I love that you discussed was how our sense of smell is related or connected to our limbic system. So, you know, the part of our brain that is interpreting, you know, stressors and emotions and just the connection that it can have. And then the, the implications of that in our body, I think are just huge. And it makes me wonder, because I first wanted to start using essential oils to address like for the calming aspect. So for insomnia and sleep issues and a after reading your book and experimenting with different oils, I found a massive therapeutic effect from it. And then I also saw that I think it did create a sort of, on top of the actual benefits literally happening from the oil, I think that association and that connection just built on it even more so that, you know, when I turn to the essential oil as like a part of my routine, it almost, not that it's a placebo effect, but it perpetuated the effectiveness because I had that association with it. Speaking of the sense of smell and memory, I had this one essential oil. The thing is I bought it forever ago, but I bought it when I was young and growing up in Florida at a store. And I loved that smell so much. And I still have the bottle today. And it's ironic because I don't know where it was made. I don't know like the purity or the quality or if it has toxins in it, but I've kept it because when I smell it, I instantly get flooded with these emotions and these memories. And it's, I mean, it's shocking to me almost in a way. So the olfactory system is the only sensory system that involves the amygdala in that limbic system. And this is important because you mentioned your amygdala, your limbic system is where your primal brain is, right? Your mood, your memory, your emotions. So it's only when I do an interview that I even talk about this because it's not top of mind unless I run across a woman who's wearing a certain perfume and it reminds me of my first girlfriend, Becky, every time, 18 years old, even today I'm 40. 
I smell a certain perfume, it brings me back to being 18 years old. And the only time I ever think of her, Becky, I love you, Becky, no offense, <laughs> when I do an interview or when I smell the perfume. Same thing with Thanksgiving dinner. I have a lot of fond memories of turkey smell and being at grandma's house. So Thanksgiving dinner comes, I'm happy. But you know what? What about the flip side of that though? And this is what's really, really important for people that are trying to heal emotional burdens is that if you are around a smell that makes you agitated and you don't know why, maybe because there was a situation that maybe you had a negative experience. And I come from a place of abuse and I come from, that was also a complication in my own health as well, being raised in an abusive environment. There are certain things that could trigger that. And I mentioned earlier about post-traumatic stress. So let's say for, you know, women, this is very serious. This is very serious and it's something we need to take in consideration. Let's say a woman might've been abused with a certain aroma in the air. And let's say a man bought a woman roses on a date and ended up in an abusive of experience, roses could trigger the fear, the trauma that she experienced at that moment because that was the aroma in the air and an imprint in her limbic system. And this is no joke. And we all, you like, everyone has a, hopefully, experience like you do, smelling something. Me, it's lavender. Other people, it's something else. Like, you know, when I wrote my book, I stumbled upon this wonderful blend of equal parts of key lime and bergamot oil. I love it. It's like writing that book was one of the most empowering experiences of my life because anyone who ever tried to write a book or manuscript, it is a big deal. It's a lot of work. You're dealing with a publisher. Like my publisher is the largest publisher in the world, Penguin Random House. Like there was a lot of pressure and I got through it and we succeeded. And that oil blend was something I used throughout the whole time to get me energized and to pump me up. And I just had that blend around me, literally around me all the time when I wrote the book. So when I'm trying to do something, even today that requires even more focus. Like right now when I'm writing the third book, I got that blend. It brings me right back to the very empowering, like I climbed my Mount Everest moment. So there's a flip end of that again too. So for people who practice emotional recall healing and they're going to a therapist, this is something you need to be careful of. And, and the power is this, especially for those people who like myself have battled panic or depression or mental illness, you could use a certain essential oil to help you through this healing stage. And in the future, if you ever relapse or have a experience that causes some sort of negative reaction, you can go to that oil and it brings you back to that time of healing. And so again, this is next level. I have power in my hand and you don't need to have oils all over you in your purse. Like there are little aromatherapy inhaler tubes that look like lipstick. And that's very easy for a guy or gal to put in their pocket or purse or desk office or in your office desk or in your, your, your car door. Like there's on the go solutions for you in me and everyone, especially for those people who are going through some stuff. And it's wonderful. And all of this is science-based. It's science-based and it almost sounds like a science fiction superpower though. It sounds amazing, you know, because it's like you could encode in a way, you know, if you can have this healing experience attached to these oils, not only is the healing, you know, there's the healing properties themselves, like the actual physical nature, but then encoding that memory of healing to it. And I think we see this with things like epigenetics and genetics. So I think it's clearly a huge factor. So I'm like so excited right now, like the potential to encode that in a way in a scent and then, you know, have access to it because we know we'll talk about like epigenetics and changing your environment and all these, you know, modalities, but having it in a way in a physical bottle is just kind of thrilling. <laughs> it's very exciting. Yeah, it's wonderful. The power's in your hands. If you're listening right now, 
you need to know you have the power in your hands. You need to know your health, your goals, your mission, your purpose. You have all the tools at your disposal. And essential oils are just one of those. But this is real life stuff that you could start to have fun with and play with and experiment. And next thing you know, you start becoming a leader. You start becoming a source of hope for other people who see your life changed. And that's really what the purpose of all this is. You know, so now you can help others and be a blessing. And people come up to me, but what happened to you? Like, hey, let me tell you something. Let me help you. There's nothing more satisfying than being able to share and pass it forward and to create essentially a movement with all of us. And I love it. Yeah, I love it so much. And I mean, how intuitive can one be or should one be when they do start branching into the oils? And the perspective that I'm coming from is... So I personally tend to be a sort of sensitive butterfly in the the scents, the smells, that whole department, which is actually one of the reasons I was hesitant about even exploring the essential oil world originally, because I tend to err on the side of no scents, no smells. And of course, it makes you wonder how much of that comes from, I mean, honestly, things like one's foundational state of health or gut dysbiosis or being exposed to so many synthetic fragrances and smells and just overwhelming, you know, the body system. But so when I personally approach oils, I mean, there are a few oils. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. These make me feel great. So like all the mints and things like that, they boost my energy. They clear my head. I think they're great for focus. They make me feel, this sounds weird, but like they just make me feel clean. It's more on things like the calming ones even things like lavender, I seem to almost get sort of a headache with. Like a lot of oils, if I smell them, I will get a headache or I'll feel like it's too much for me. And I don't know if that's always going to be the case or how intuitive that is. Or I don't know like what part of my body is telling me that, you know, is it because right now I'm just not accepting of these smells or is it maybe that I'm only going to, you know, ever (laughs) be quote, okay with a few different oils? That's a really good question. A couple things to unpack there. First thing that comes to mind is that I'm going to give everyone like a practical litmus test to see if there's something that you might need to work on, like for detoxification or just in your health. You should, everyone should have some sort of negative reaction when they are encountered with chemicals. And that means when you go into an arts and crafts store or when you're walking down the cleaning aisle of Walmart, when you're at a home and they're burning like Yankee candles. I was at a party just for New Year's just a couple weeks ago and our friend had a Yankee candle and I was gagging. Couldn't handle it. I relate to this so much. (laughs) Here's a litmus test though. If you do not have a negative reaction walking into the perfume department at the department store, that is a red flag sign to say that your body has adapted to this and you've lost that sense of smell that you can regenerate back by cleansing yourself of it, by staying away. Like I'll challenge you, you should not be able to handle being around Febreze. It should make you gag. It should give you a headache. That's your biological, that is your evolutionary, that is your given by God response to a toxin. And if it doesn't happen that way, that means your senses are being dulled. You've adapted to it. And adaption is how we are alive. So thank God we have adapted to it. But it is a red flag to say you need to heighten these senses because it's going to serve you in a negative way. Because when we experience, you know, like heat and fire, that tells us, hey, get away. You're going to burn your hand off. Like that's pain is actually a good thing in that sense. So I want to say that's step one. And you'll start to see, well, 
I get a negative reaction to a certain essential oil, it could be a number of things. Number one, it could be a need for some emotional detoxification, like we talked about before. Maybe there was a negative reaction around, like, say, a lavender that you suppressed, and that's a very real thing. Maybe it is some sort of biochemical interaction. That's something interesting, too, because we are biochemically unique. Our biochemistries change every day depending on what we eat, what we drink, what we smell, what we put on our skin. Sometimes my chemistry and the chemistry of the essential oils, because they're so potent, they don't react properly together, and you might have an adverse reaction. That just says, hey, now's not the time for me to use this. I mean, it's just like a headache. Any adverse reaction to using a supplement or an essential oil means stop use, period. Just don't use it. That's another myth out there on the blogosphere that says, hey, if you put essential oils on your skin and your skin gets bubbles or erupts or rashes, that's detox. That's a lie. That There's no such detoxification reaction that works like that. That's called allergic reaction. That's sensitization. That's contact dermatitis. Another third reason maybe why you could have a negative reaction to smelling an essential oil is because the essential oil isn't pure. And here's the tendency though, and this is the big thing. This is kind of where I like being not branded because I could say this and that, you know, I'm at risk of offending everybody. You know, I'm in my own little bubble, but boy, oh boy, you get someone who's selling essential oils. They'll, you know, they'll never admit that the oil that they're selling could possibly not be not pure, right? There are accidents that happen. There is contamination. There are certain batches that just, I don't know what happened. Something from manufacturer to harvest, something happened. If an oil is not a hundred percent pure, if there are adulterants or contaminants or pesticides or something, that could cause a negative reaction. But this is the careful thing. We need not to automatically blame the oil if we have a negative reaction because of the things I just previously said, maybe a negative experience, maybe some sort of, you know, brain plasticity. It could be your biochemistry just doesn't respond well to the biochemistry of the oil. Maybe you need a detox. Maybe you're going through a super stressful time and your body's just in this fight or flight mode. Like you mentioned intuition is very important. And so in the book, I cover something that I want everyone to do for everything, not just essential oils. And boy, I wish your medical doctor taught you this. There's something called the organoleptic evaluation. You need to test to see whether or not you should take something for a therapeutic effect. So imagine, like this will flip the health world upside down. Imagine before you just take your round of antibiotics. Imagine before you just go through your bottle of probiotics. Imagine before you just douse yourself with essential oils that you systematically test yourself whether or not your body's going to respond well to it. Like no one ever told me that, you know, and I've had a lot of negative reactions to drugs and uh, natural things because I didn't use them right or they just weren't good for me at the time. And so the organoleptic evaluation is how does your body react via the six, six, not five, six senses, including intuition. So for, you know, you open up lavender, for example, and you smell it. And does it create any sort of reaction? Here's the key. You want to taste, test, taste, touch, smell, feeling around it, just being around it, all any which way that you can experience the essential oil or supplement or antibiotic or whatever it is that you're doing. And if you get any negative reaction to it, that's a red flag that you should not probably use this thing, right? In the terms of significant, like, you know, severely damaging drugs like chemotherapy and others, we know we're going to get a negative reaction to that. That's your decision whether or not you want to take that risk. So I'm talking about like aspirin and I'm talking about typical medication that people just take and it's causing 
comorbidities. It's causing other issues that they shouldn't even be having. So you get a bottle of lavender, you just smell it. And no reaction is a good reaction. So if you don't get a headache, if you don't get wayward thoughts, if you don't get any kind of panic, that means, okay, it's good. You will know immediately. And then get a little bit, put some on the back of your hand. You know, why don't we do this with our body? We do this with our carpet. Well, it says on the carpet cleaner, test an inconspicuous corner before you clean the whole carpet. Why don't we do it with oils? Before you slather oils on your skin, why don't you just put a little bit on the back of your hand? It's called a skin patch test. It's actually a medical test, a skin patch test. Put some on the back of your hand, just a drop. See what happens, right? I would recommend get a little bit of coconut oil, put a drop of essential oil, rub it on the back of your hand. No reaction is a good reaction, but if it gets red, if it hurts, if you get a blister, anything, like any negative reaction says, nope, I should not apply this topically. And if it's an oil that is consumable, lavender is again in one, you could get a little bit of coconut oil or olive oil in a spoon, put a drop and just consume it. Like put it in your mouth. It's safe. You could do that and kill you. And what happens? No reaction is a good reaction. And also, like you mentioned, intuition. How do you feel? And this is where the limbic system and the power of smell and the olfactory system all come into play is that you should have a positive reaction. Again, if people did this before they waste so much money on supplements and all the things that people are doing with drugs, it would help ease so much burden. So many signs and symptoms that people just force themselves through. Like, oh, I'm just going to grin and bear it. Says who? Nothing should hurt you. And so I wish I had the reason why something doesn't work for someone or creates a negative reaction. But theoretically, if used properly and diluted properly, and maybe the smell is just too strong for you, Melanie. Maybe the lavender that's around you, I would hope that a drop, maybe two drops in a diffuser disperses it enough where you can enjoy it. But if for some reason it just doesn't jive with you, maybe lavender is just not your thing. And that's okay, right? Maybe there's some sort of allergic reaction there and that's okay. There are so many other solutions like Roman chamomile or vetiver or pedigrain or just the litmus test goes on, spikenard that you could use for calming and sedative. Hi friends. So I'm sort of haunted by clothes. If you follow me on Instagram, you probably know that I love wearing all the new clothes all the time. And I know that that is not really sustainable and not good for the planet. That's why I am thrilled that there is now a way to get all of the clothes with none of the waste. And I'm going to tell you how you can get unlimited clothes with no waste for a month for free. That's right, I now have a website for both myself and you guys where you can get free unlimited clothes with free shipping, free exchanges, nonstop from all of the hottest brands, and it is so incredibly easy. It's called MelanieAvalon'sCloset.com. We have so many incredible brands, including my favorites like BCBG, Calvin Klein, and so many more. Think like a hundred brands. There are so many options. And the way it works is when you get a subscription, you search through the clothes, pick what you want. They send it to you with fast, easy shipping. You wear it as long as you want. And then when you're ready for more clothes, you just drop it off in their prepackaged envelope and get your next round. It is so incredibly cool. They have multiple plans. The starter plan gives you two pieces at a time. Friends, I actually have a little secret hacked. Don't tell them that I told you this. When you get your two pieces, you can actually immediately go into your account, click return, and they'll go ahead and send you the next two pieces. So technically you can 
have four pieces at a time. You also have a cool virtual closet that you can keep stocked with everything you eventually want to order so you never miss out. And if you really like something and want to keep it, you can opt to buy it at a massively discounted price. Friends, I'm obsessed. This is finally the answer to wearing all the clothes, all the time, with none of the waste. Oh, and of course, one of my major reservations was the cleaning compounds that they use on the clothes because yes, it is dry cleaning, which normally makes me nervous and they don't say this on the website. So I reached out to them and I was like, hey, what's going on with the cleaning? What do you guys use? Because I can't promote this if it's just normal dry cleaning. And thankfully, they let me know that they do not use any detergents, fabric softeners, or chemicals that are harsh. Everything is professionally dry cleaned or laundered with detergents that are free from dyes and scents. It's all gentle and it uses low temperature cycles. So yes, we are good on that front as well. It is the coolest thing ever. And you can try it free for a month. Yes, completely free. Just go to melanieavalonscloset.com to sign up. Free clothes for a month. After that, their plans are super affordable. We're talking honestly, an entire month is less than the cost of typically what would be the cost of one dress. And I am not kidding. That's right. Unlimited clothes for less than the cost of one outfit. I'm just so thrilled to bring this resource to you guys. I can't wait to hear what you guys think. So again, get free unlimited clothes for a month at MelanieAvalonsCloset.com. That's MelanieAvalonsCloset.com for all of the clothes, none of the waste. And definitely share your pictures and tag me on Instagram because I want to see all the fabulous things that you guys are wearing. That's MelanieAvalonsCloset.com. Hi friends. Okay. So I'm a little bit embarrassed because I've been talking for so long about red light and near infrared therapy, which is so, so important. However, I kind of left out something really important about light. So as you guys know, I've been talking about red light and near infrared for so long. And at the same time during the day, I was using a bright, sad light. So it's those white lights that help with waking you up, help with your circadian rhythm. They're used to combat mood issues and depression. So I have a really bright white one of those at my desk. A few things about that. I knew it helped wake me up and kept me stimulated, but I wasn't sure if it had any detrimental effects using it. And then two, I was also wondering if by just focusing on red and near-infrared light, was I somehow missing something in the full spectrum of light? Guess what? I was. And guess what? I found the solution and guess what? I have a discount for you guys. So the founder of a company called Soulshine reached out to me and he was like, do you know about the importance of full spectrum light? And I was like, you know what? I've been wondering about this for quite a while. Please educate me. Oh my goodness. This man blew my mind. I talk a lot about the problems of blue light. That said, we evolved in natural full spectrum sunlight that our genes are programmed to respond to. And today we do not spend enough time in that light. A lot of us don't go outside and we're overexposed to blue light. It's a problem. And then to make things even more problematic, the common sad lights that I was talking about that are bright white, they actually do not contain the full spectrum light. They filter out certain wavelengths and they're high in blue light. So just like I thought, it was not doing my health many services. There is only one company I have found, or I guess that found me, that makes a full spectrum white light device. So the Soul Light Systems include the fullest spectrum of visible and invisible near-infrared light with traces of UV light. Yep, that's right, because you need all of that as well. Don't worry, 
It's not an exuberant amount that's going to cause a problem. It's just a tiny little dose that your body actually needs. You can use these lights to fix your circadian rhythm and properly stimulate your brain's suprachiasmatic nucleus or SCN in a way that it was supposed to be stimulated. It's kind of like the natural spectral diet. Because yes, you may be suffering from malillumination. Did you know that your entire bloodstream actually filters through your eyes in a relatively short amount of time? That's the only way your blood is exposed to the outside world. So when we expose our eyes to this light, it actually can have beneficial effects on our blood. That is crazy. It helps with skin, with mood. This is the light that I wasn't thinking about that we need. I love Soulshine's light therapy devices. I do use it in combination with my red and near-infrared light devices as well so that I can fully bathe my body in the best light that is so helpful for my sleep, for my stress, for my metabolism, for my immunity, for my health, so many things. They have so many different device options. They have one that I love that kind of looks like a juve and I sit it on my desk and it has options for the full spectrum light, which is that bright white light, as well as an ear infrared option. So what I do is I do a session of the full spectrum light in the morning and then I run the near infrared to help counteract the negative blue light around me. They also have stands with bulbs that you can get. I've been using some of those on my plants. I am just so grateful that Ken at Soulshine found me because I was missing out on such a key aspect of light and I had no idea. And you can get 10% off at melanieavalon.com slash soulshine. That's S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E with the code melanieavalon. So melanieavalon.com slash soulshine, S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E with the code melanieavalon for 10% off. It's really helped my mood, my energy, my sleep, so many things. I think you guys will love it. So again, go to melanieavalon.com slash soulshine, S-O-L-S-H-I-N-E and use the coupon code melanieavalon to get 10% off site-wide. And we'll put all this information in the show notes. Hi friends, I am so excited to tell you about something that I am obsessed with that can revolutionize your health, help with stress levels, support longevity, and really help you when you go out and are having a bit of wine or drinks or all the things. And I'm going to tell you how to get $100 off. So I've been talking about the role of NAD in our health for so long. NAD stands for nicotinamide adenine dinucleotide. It is a coenzyme that is involved in so many processes in our body, including energy production and DNA repair. And it is depleted by things like stress, aging, lack of sleep, alcohol, and of course, too much partying. In fact, a lot of researchers believe that declining NAD levels is one of the key factors in aging. That's why I have been really interested in boosting and supporting NAD levels. And I have tried all the things. You can take precursors to NAD called NR and NMN. I still take NMN. However, I am much more alert by directly giving your body NAD. And historically, the most common way to do that that is accessible to people was through NAD IVs and NAD shots. I actually never did an NAD IV for a few reasons. One, they are extraordinarily expensive. Two, I've been doing the shots, which I liked because they were easy to do. That said, they always made me feel a little bit unwell right afterwards. And I've heard 
heard that the IV makes a lot of people feel unwell. So if the shots were making me feel unwell and that was going into the muscle first as like a barrier, I can't even imagine what putting it straight into my bloodstream would have done. Plus with the IVs, you have to sit there for potentially hours. So basically IVs were a no-go for me. So like I said, I was doing the shots, but I was like, I wish there was an easier way to do this. Then a company called Ion Layer reached out to me. Oh my goodness, friends. I am so obsessed. So they make transdermal NAD patches and they have studies showing that these patches actually boost your NAD levels. And what's so amazing is you put on a patch. It's super easy to put on. I have a video on my Instagram about how you do it. You basically get this patch thing with like a negative side and a positive side. You put saline on one side, you mix up the NAD with some sterile water and the NAD that they give you on the other side. Then you stick it to your arm or wherever you want to put it. You put a super cool black patch over it, kind of like how you put the patches over CGMs. And then what's amazing is there are no side effects. You don't feel unwell from it. And it lasts for 14 hours. And it's so easy. You can do it at home and then you can really decide when you want to do it. So with the shots, I was doing them once a week and I was trying to do them before going out with this patch. Now I put on the patch before going out and it makes me feel so good. It really helps the next day from any alcohol recovery that you may need. And they look pretty awesome with my outfits. Not going to lie. I am obsessed with these patches. I just want everybody to know about them and they are so much more affordable than the shots or the IVs. If you want to boost your NAD levels, support anti-aging, help with your stress, help with lack of sleep, and or optimize your partying. You need these patches, friends. And I'm so excited because working with the company has been amazing and they are giving you guys $100 off, which is incredible. So to get that discount, just go to melanieavalon.com slash ion layer. That's I-O-N-L-A-Y-E-R and use the coupon code melanieavalon to get $100 off your first order. I cannot recommend these enough. I'm going to use them for the unforeseeable future, probably for the rest of my life. It's literally just become part of my arsenal now. Like when I'm getting ready to go out, usually once a week, put on my NAD patch. And even if I don't go out that week, I still like to do one once weekly. Oh, PS, they're also amazing for traveling. You guys know I'm not a big traveler. I've been doing more traveling recently and I wear these on the plane there and back. Game changer. Although it's really fun at TSA, especially because I already opt out and don't go through the scanner thing. So they already are suspicious. And then they're like, what's that on your arm? And I'm like, it's NAD. And then they're like, what's that? And then I'm like, it's a coenzyme in your body that's involved in a lot of metabolic processes and energy production and DNA repair. And then they just look at me really weird, but it's fine. It's totally fine. So again, that's melanieavalon.com slash ion layer to get $100 off your ion layer kit. It comes with six patches, totally the way to go for boosting NAD levels. And I cannot recommend it enough. melanieavalon.com slash ion layer with the coupon code melanieavalon for $100 off. Thank you so much. That was such a perfect thorough answer. I think we're so often scared of just trusting our intuition. We want everything to be validated or third-party supported, but I think there is something to be said about, you know, our inner intuition when it comes to things and I personally don't really use the lavender, but for the ones I found really beneficial for me personally for helping with sleep issues was, and I never know how to say it. You can probably guess since I don't know how to say it. Ylang Ylang. I've been hearing you say it in the audiobook, but is it Ylang Ylang? Yeah, I and I get that. Ylang, 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 Lang. But I love that. Yeah, there's a lot we can go on on, on Ylang, Lang if you want to talk about Ylang, Lang. By being a known harmonizer. Oh. What do you mean by harmonizer? Oh, boy. 
Lavender is not a harmonizer. Lavender, like peppermint, will produce a physiological response that's predictable. So meaning lavender should calm you. Peppermint should excite you. Ylang Lang will do what your body needs. Oh, like adaptogens. Yes. So they've shown in clinical research trials on humans, again, this isn't foo-foo stuff, competing contrary physiological measures, blood pressure and pulse rate, balanced by using Ylang-Lang. So for example, Ylang-Lang was shown to increase blood pressure, but decrease pulse rate, which is counterintuitive because when you increase your blood pressure, your pulse rate should increase. It didn't happen that way. Ylang-Lang provided just an inhalation of Ylang-Lang help balance competing physiological measures. And so sandalwood is another known harmonizer, whether Indian or Australian. Yeah. I was going to say Ylang-Ylang and sandalwood are the two that yeah. Maybe for whatever reason, your body is just kind of in a state of flux and it happens. You know, I think we need to be more understanding that our body is under constant attack at all times. Our body is constantly adapting to its environment. And, you know, I got to say, I've, I've shifted. I'm about to celebrate my 40th birthday. I mean, my 30s were kind of tough. Kids going to school and raising a family, starting a business, like you go through different stages of life. And, and I found in my 30s, I really craved harmonizers because my body was just all over the place, right? So yeah, you know, there's certain essential oils that have a predictable physiological response, like lavender should calm you, peppermint should perk you up, rosemary will increase blood pressure, but there's a lot of essential oils that, that create homeostasis in the body. And so it's fascinating because it's a different approach to healthcare when you use essential oils in a way that, that aligns itself with vitalistic philosophy. And this is something that I learned in chiropractic college is that we want to give the body what the body needs to heal itself. And that's what Ylang Lang and Sandalwood have been shown to do it for whatever reason. And this, I wish I could say we knew the mechanism, but we don't. And I have a, my own thoughts. It has to do a lot probably with inflammation, has a lot to do with like the cellular level. Because we got to remember essential oils, when used topically, penetrate into the cellular level and within the bloodstream within minutes. When you inhale them, right, they go right into your limbic system. So they affect your brain. When you ingest them, again, they get a complete systemic effect. So what we're talking about, you know, impacting the body at its fundamental places in the body, right? The cells. And so when you can provide your body with something that can create homeostasis, that gives your body the ability to self-regulate. And that's really the purpose that I see of natural medicine is more of this inside out approach versus outside in approach. And see, the thing is, the last thing I want Truth be told, the last thing I want is for someone to be on essential oils the rest of their life because they're trying to treat a disease. I mean, I don't want you to be a slave to essential oils like a lot of people are a slave to a blood pressure medication or a blood sugar regulating medication or whatever. I want you and me and us to use essential oils and natural therapies to get us through to the place where we're healed. Then if we ever relapse or if we need support, we have it available. But to me, the wonderful thing about essential oils is to use them to enhance our life. To, you know, who doesn't like to smell good, but what are you going to use? A toxic perfume or cologne? Who doesn't want their house clean, but what are you going to use? A toxic chemical? So that's really the benefit that I see is in this lifestyle approach. But to kind of flip 
this whole concept on its head, you know, instead of like using an essential oil to lower your blood sugar or lower your blood pressure, why not find out what's wrong to begin with? And let's start looking at root cause resolution. And you'll find that essential oils can help with that. And one thing that I kept on going back to over and over and over again in my book, because the research kept on suggesting it, was inflammation. And at this point, it's beyond argument that inflammation is the cause of autoimmunity and the cause of cancer and the cause of most mental illness. And it's about, okay, how do we stop that? How do we stop that chronic inflammatory response? And essential oils can help with that too, using oils like eucalyptus. And, you know, we've talked about some of the calming oils like vetiver and Roman chamomile and lavender, but, you know, any oil that has D-limonene and that's all the citrus. And I'll give you a list, lemon, orange, grapefruit, neroli, palmarosa, any of those oils that are in the citrus family, they're rich in D-limonene, which are anti-inflammatory. And so you just start incorporating them into your life and your body care and your cleaning products. And you'll find like you're living this anti-inflammatory lifestyle that hopefully will lend itself to anti-inflammatory cooking and anti-inflammatory just living, exercising and everything. Next thing you know, your body has a chance to recoup. Your body has a chance to fix itself. And that's wonderful. You just touched on yeah, something huge that I'm so glad you brought up. That was one of my questions. How do we use them in the most healing, holistic perspective where they're enhancing our life versus, you know, addressing an illness or a condition, then becoming, you know, like the tension between them being not a Band-Aid, but, you know, constantly addressing something and needing them for life compared to enhancing your life. And so it seems like that's very possible, especially if people are addressing health issues, that they could use them therapeutically in the shorter term to heal and then beyond that, using them to enhance. Yet that was one of my questions was, is it a thing where the more you use oils, do they become less or more effective over time? Oh, good question. Because I know with things like CBD, you know, which is not an essential oil, but that's an example of something where they'll say the more you use it, the more it just fine tunes your system. Same question. Do they become more or less effective over time? Yeah, you're asking fundamentally, does the body develop resistance to essential oils? That's a really an age-old question to all natural therapies. From what we could tell, because the body completely metabolizes plant-based matter, which is fundamental. I mean, your body will never completely metabolize drugs or any sort of chemical because the body doesn't have the proper neuroreceptors and mechanoreceptors and there's just no interaction with it in a proper way. It's like, it's like eh, the body doesn't know what to do with it. That's not like that with plant matter. Again, it's just the design of God that you'll find the body completely metabolizes essential oils within an hour and a half, two hours. So theoretically speaking, there is no resistance that can develop by using essential oils. However, I just know just the wonderful adaptability of the body. And I still recommend people to switch up their protocols every month. And I know because our bodies and women know more than anybody, right? You're on a monthly cycle. Men too, our hormone cycle, our skin regenerates itself every month. I think it's wise. And there's also research has shown that it typically takes four weeks, three to four weeks to create a physiological response. That's why most research studies that are short term are usually three to four weeks. It's all you need. So if you want to see if an essential oil will work, you got to give it a couple of weeks. But if you find something that you're trying to manage, like a chronic illness, a mental illness, something that has been, you know, that will take a little bit of time, 
that's when having multiple approaches will work. But using essential oils as a whole, no, that there's no risk of using of, of resistance. But the thing is, I just don't want the people to get into the habit of using peppermint every day for the rest of their life because I suspect that after a while, you might have to add two, three, four drops. They, their body might get a little bit of adaptability there, but we have no risk that we know of, of creating superbugs. And that's another thing too. When it comes to MRSA and antibiotic resistant bacteria and antifungals, these drugs create superbugs where essential oils have been shown to kill them. Oils will kill MRSA. It's the only thing that will. And that lets me know that nature has not developed resistance to essential oils. So again, we shouldn't either, which is fascinating, really fascinating work because we've created essentially a bubble that people are just getting sicker and sicker and no amount of drugs will help because again, these superbugs are just annihilating people's immune system. I'm glad you touched on the hormones and women and the cycles and everything. And that was something you do go into deep detail in the book is how you know women can use these oils to help balance I mean, balance is like the perfect word, the, the crazy transitions of hormones and all the effects that those can have. And I was really intrigued by, that was something you mentioned in your book, the importance of switching out the oils after a few months or based on cycles and things like that. And I thought that was really, really interesting. So I think a listeners probably have a lot of questions about what this actually looks like practically, because I know... I don't think we even like really hardcore discuss that because I know that, I mean, you know, you, we talk about using them in inhalers. We've talked about putting them on skin. There's also, you know, using them, ingesting them, which is a whole nother ballpark. And I know we're coming up on time. So I will refer listeners to your books for all of that. But what will this look like practically if somebody did want to jump into the essential oil world? Can they use it in all these different mechanisms of using them? Or is there one way you recommend starting where should listeners go for that? So traditional aromatherapy uses oils three ways. Inhalation through a diffuser, a personal inhaler, you know, steam. Like, you know, when I was a kid, my mom used to get a pot of boiling water, put it in a bowl and put some Vicks vapor rub and put a towel over my head. Like you can do that with essential oils, right? There, there's that inhalation benefit, also topical, just literally putting them on your skin and ingestion, which is consuming them. And one thing that we need to realize is that the food and flavor industry is the number one industry that consumes essential oils. Number one industry. Like what do you think flavors are Coke? or your peppermint mint patties or whatever, right? And so the difference is whether it's a natural flavoring, which is essential oil-based, or an artificial flavoring, which is chemical-based, but still based off of the chemical structures of essential oils. So essential oils have been consumed by us forever. I mean, even eating, like if you were to, like I love smoothies, I'll put a whole lemon in my smoothie. Like there's about three drops of lemon oil in the rind. Well, I'm consuming oils in whole form. We all do it. If you eat fresh herbs, you're consuming micro doses of essential oil. It's just a matter of dosing. So I want to put that to rest because it's very safe if done properly to ingest essential oils. But you got to know oils and water don't mix. You need a fatty carrier. Like there's certain rules you got to follow if you're going to use them. But hey, I got to say a drop of peppermint in my matcha green tea latte every morning. I love that. I mean, that's a nice, safe, effective way of getting a nice natural boost and enhancing the flavor of my tea, but also getting the, you know, antibacterial properties and just being healthy and yummy. You've never, by the way, you've had guacamole unless you add a drop of lime or cilantro. It's like, whoa, right? And so that's a safe, effective way through culinary use. But if you want to use essential oils medicinally, like you really got to take a little more time. It's definitely out of scope of art quick conversation. Like there's a lot you need to know about dosing. There's some things you need to know about dilution percentages. Like you need to treat topical application completely different 
on a baby than you would an adult. And even geriatric, because the skin has become damaged over years and thin and oftentimes scaly or whatnot. So it does take a little bit of trial and error. It takes a little bit of research. But between those three ways, you can use essential oils. And at the very least, I hope that people, if someone wants a practical step, like today, like what do I do? Kick out aerosols. Just throw away your aerosols. Throw away your Glade plugins, whatever it is, and buy an ultrasonic water diffuser. You can get it for 20, 30 bucks on Amazon, whatever. A nice diffuser that uses water to disperse vapor into the air. Put three, four, five drops of essential oil and let that thing run throughout the day. What essential oil? Well, depends on what you want. Like at nighttime, we'll diffuse our calming oils like our vetiver, Roman chamomile, lavender. I mean, in the daytime, we love our citrus oils because they've been shown proven antidepressants help with anxiety and stress. So we'll, you know, diffuse some orange or lemon or lime or things like that. And then you kind of have fun. You can start making your own blends or for those people who just want to get started, Whatever company, wherever you're buying essential oils, you're always going to find pre-made blends. It's wonderful. It's a great way to get started. And right now it's cold and flu season. So get the quote immunity blend. There typically is a blend that includes oils like clove, cinnamon, eucalyptus, lemon, and orange in a mixture. And that's the mixture I shared earlier, the blend that has been shown to kill the flu virus. Well, what better? It smells like apple pie, right? What better blend to use during the cold winter months to help, you know, counteract any sort of flu virus or cold or sniffle, but at the same time, make your house smell good. That's a really nice practical way to start. Another good hack is that, you know, let's say you want to make your own body care, but you don't have the time to get all the raw ingredients. Well, here's the easiest thing to do. Get some unscented body care, typically Whole Foods or your natural health food store. Make sure, you know, hopefully it's something without a lot of chemicals in it, maybe shea butter based or coconut oil based, but you get unscented base product. You add just a couple drops of essential oil and boom, you're done. I mean, again, what oils do you want to use? All depends on what you're trying to do. Like if you want to increase your, you know, mental focus, you could use cedarwood. Frankincense is great. Myrrh is great for that. Eucalyptus is wonderful for a variety of different things. It's really the sky's the limit, but I don't want people to feel like, oh, I don't have the time or the money to do all this. No, there's a lot of little ways that we can speed up the process. And just adding a dab, adding a drop here, adding a drop there, it can make a lot of difference. So fantastic. And again, for listeners, you've got to get the book. It's got recipes for all of these things. It's got all the science, all the details. So if your ears are perking up and your I was going to say your, your sense of smells, <laughs> your memory, if it's all happening, definitely get that book because it's got all the resources that you could ever want for that. So running up on time, I do have one last question. And it's the last question that I ask every single guest on this podcast. And it's just because I've realize more and more how important mindset and gratitude and spiritual health is for everything. So what is something that you're grateful for? Um, you know, I'm grateful for the community that we're all part of. I'm grateful that we're not alone. I'm grateful that, you know, we may never meet in person, but through the airwaves and through the community, we've created like a brotherhood, a sisterhood, a family. And that's why when we created our website and we rebranded it, we rebranded it to Natural Living Family. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful for everyone listening who want to try, who maybe some people are more advanced than others. Some people are teachers. Other people are students. But I'm grateful for this community. And truthfully, the power that we have, we have the power to vote. We have the power to vote with our dollar. 
power to vote with our ballot. We have the power to vote with what we share with our children and the legacy that we're creating. It's a tribal community and we're all united. If I'm speaking somewhere, if you see me at a store, love it when people come up to me and be like, hey, it's like instant connection, instant love. And I'm unbelievably grateful that I'm not alone. And I hope wherever you're at to know that you're not alone because maybe your family or friends don't support your decision to live a natural lifestyle. But you know what? I do. And Melanie does. And I'm sure she's got millions of viewers and listeners that support you as well. And that's something that I want to leave you with is that we are all in this together. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Z. That is so beautiful. I'm so grateful for your work. Actually, one of the things it's not even related to the oils, but one of the things that I took away from your book the most was it was a Bible verse I hadn't actually heard before. I think it was Romans 5, 3 through 5, I think. It was the one that was talking about how, and this is me paraphrasing, but basically the idea was that how we're, you know, we're not scared or we're even grateful for suffering because suffering leads to perseverance and perseverance leads to character and character leads to hope. And just really thinking about that was just so beautiful. And I really feel like it, it encapsulates in a way everything that we've been talking about because, you know, we have these challenges, we have these struggles, but, you know, we can persevere through that. And that builds us as human beings that builds our character. And ultimately that does lead to hope. And I, I love how the follow-up verse it clarifies in a way that having hope is a beautiful thing. It doesn't put us to shame. So that's really what I took away from your book was this sense of hope and healing. So thank you. Thank you so much for all that you're doing. You are offering our audience a free screening of your 10-part video masterclass. So super grateful for that. I will put a link to that in the show notes. Again, the show notes will be at melanieavalon.com slash essential oils. And are there any other links, Dr. Z, that people can best follow your work if they would like to learn more? Thank you for everything, by the way, and this opportunity. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to share. And and I hope people check out my masterclass because we'll teach step by step because some people just need a visual representation. That's really what we did. We just did a video version of the book and guiding people. My website, that's it. Check out naturallivingfamily.com and get a hold of what Mama Z and I do. Everything from organic gardening to making your own body care. It's, it's wonderful. And it's a wonderful lifestyle that we've grown to develop. And I want to thank you and your work and your listeners and hope. And we, regardless of what it is that we're dealing with in life, there is always hope and never give up. Oh, well, thank you so much. I'm, I'm just so, I'm just filled with joy right now and gratitude. So, all right. Well, hopefully I can talk to you again in the future and I wish you the utmost best and a wonderful, wonderful rest of your evening and week. God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Melanie Avalon Biohacking Podcast. For more information, you can check out my book, What When Wine, Lose Weight and Feel Great with Paleo-Style Meals, Intermittent Fasting, and Wine, as well as my blog, MelanieAvalon.com. Feel free to contact me at podcast at MelanieAvalon.com. And always remember, you got this.